La Danza Poetica. This is Lab Cat with La Danza Poetica number 34 on Grievalization Radio and Himras Greece. This month, an hour of the dreams of the French, of the storytelling of emotion, and the delirium of loops. I can recite the grass on a hill and memorize the moon. I know the cloud forms of love by heart and have brought tears to the eye of a storm. My memory banks vaults of autumn forests and Amazon river banks, and I've screamed them into sunsets that echo in earthquakes. Shadows have been my spotlight as I monologue the night and dialogue with days, soliloquies of wind and breeze applauded by sun rays. We put language in zoos to observe caged thought and tossed peanuts and pea-funk and intellect. And everyone thinks these are metaphors, I speak what I see. All words and worlds are metaphors of me. My life is altered by the moon, footprints written in soil, the fountain pen of Martian man, noveling human toil. And yes, the soil speaks highly of me, when earth seeds root me, poet, tree. And we forest forever through recitation now. Maybe I'm too serious, too little here, too matter. Though I'm riddled with the reason of the sun. A stand-up comet with the audience of lungs. This body of laughter is it with me or at me? You more or less human, the gender's mute. And the punchline has this lifeline at its root. I'm a star, this life's the suburbs. I commute, make daily runs between the sun and earthly loot. Raise my children to the height of life and truth, to the height of life and truth, to the height of life and truth, to the height of life, the height and The one thing I'd like to say about that poem is that. There's a lot of uh, confusion floating around the idea of spoken word poetry and slam poetry. Uh, it seems that a lot of academics have forgotten that the oral history of poetry actually stems much longer than the written tradition of poetry. So that those of us who are participating in the spoken word scene and the slam scene are actually participating in something that uh, is perhaps the eldest form of artistic expression where people have gathered around listening to poets speak under the context of them being troubadours or griots or what have you uh, since time immemorial. Uh, so that's just a good thing to remember as we, uh, you know, stack our contemporary poetry against the academic poetry of the past and realize that the two are one and the same, one and that it's carried on in La danse poétique. Bonjour. Bonjour. Buenos dias. See ya. See ya. Oui. Oui. Hello. 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 Ciao. Ciao. Being in transit in between times and places your lap cat is in a slightly woozy mood, so you will forgive me, I hope, for presenting here a loose mix from a recent live set. Without much speaking from me across the hour, no explanation, no reason, no solutions. Just the enlightened, enlivened, unapologetic emotion of French poets under the spell of delirious analysis. We started the show with a track from the 13th Tribe with Saul Williams and Volphonics Ernest. Right now, up, bustle and out, serenading Sati. And coming up in the hour, we'll hear Besekta, my good friend, the sound weaver, Ubik, 
out of Paris from his classic sexy tapestry of Serge Gainsbourg. The F4 Collective, Odezen, Entre Suigif, remixed by Costa Kostov. Classical electronics from Hiatus and the Canadian poet Fabrice Coffey. Our honoured ghost this hour, the teacher of passion and release, Anais Nin, reading from her short stories under a glass bell. Let's hallucinate together Napoleon Bonaparte in La Danse Poétique. Thank you. 
with a dust of white sleep, like those secret enchantments of nature, enclosing the drops of water in dark caves and turning them into stalactite torches, candlesticks, hooded figures. That delicacy of design only created in a void, in great silence and great immobility. No violence here, no tears, no great suffering, no shouting, no destruction, no anarchy. The secret silences, the muted pains, brought about by great riches, a conspiracy of tranquility to preserve this flower-like fragility in crystal, wood, and damask. The violins were muted, the hands were gloved, carpets were unrolled forever under the feet, and the gardens cut in the sound from the world. The light from the icicle bushes threw a patina over all objects and turned them into bouquets of still flowers kept under a glass bell. The glass bell covered the flowers, the chairs, the whole room, the panoply bed, the statues, the butlers, all the people living in the house. The glass bell covered the entire house. Every day the silence, the peace, the softness, carved with greater delicacy the glass chandeliers, the furniture, the statuettes and laces, and then covered them with glass. Under the giant glass bell, the colors looked inaccessible, the shades strangely beautiful, as of something that can never be repeated. Everything had the transparency, the fragility of stalactite created in silence and obscurity, and breaking when the caves are open and the breath of man enters. Jeanne was sitting with her two brothers in the room they used as children. They were sitting in front of an armored fireplace in three children's chairs. Her face seemed stemless and drooped listlessly as she monologued endlessly. John, Paul and I, nothing exists beyond our lives. My own children do not mean as much to me as my brothers. I am devoted to my children only because I have given my word. I owe them that, but what I do for my brothers is a great joy. We cannot live without each other. If I am sick, they get sick. If they are sick, I get sick. All joys and anxieties are tripled. Their opinion of me and mine of them is our only standard. It forces us into a kind of heroic living. If I should ever say to Jean, you've done a petty thing, he would kill himself. We three belong to the Middle Ages. We have this need of heroism. And there's no place for such feelings in modern life. That is our tragedy. It seemed the only absolute act left to do. For what is more powerful in me is the craving for purity, greatness. I'm not living on earth. Neither are my brothers. We are dead. We reached such heights in love that it made us want to die altogether with a loved one. And so we died. We are living in another world. Our having bodies is a farce, an anachronism. We were never even born. We have no ordinary sensual life, no contact with reality. My marriage was a farce, my brother's marriages meaningless. When my children were born, I didn't suffer. The births were difficult, I refused to take gas. I was amused. I wanted to see myself bringing children into the world. I worked hard. I felt pain, of course, but I didn't suffer like a human being. I felt pain detachedly, as if it were not happening to my body. I have no body. I have an external envelope which deludes others into thinking I'm alive. My brothers and I hate to see each other. What we like is to have long conversations together from room to room, doors open, but not seeing each other. 
It enrages us to meet and kiss each other in that stupid, ordinary, human way. To keep up the great farce of human movements, gestures, when we are dead. And complete death would be so enjoyable, because everything we do together is an enjoyment. I can't bear to see them as bodies, to see them growing old. Once I sat writing letters, and the two of them were playing cards. I looked at them and thought, what a crime it was, our being alive. It was a simulacrum. Everything was really finished long ago. We have lived already. We are far away from husbands, wives, and children. I have tried hard to love others, and I can up to a certain point, and then no further. Beyond that, I begin to hate. Not one of us has any human sympathy. Jean does not understand why his wife weeps sometimes. We laugh at her. She is small and human. She weeps and we despise her for it. We never weep. The only thing I feel sometimes is fear. A terrific fear which catches me unaware, sometimes like a fit of madness. Sometimes I become deaf in the street. I see automobiles passing and I hear nothing. At other times I seem to go blind. Everything becomes nebulous around me. But that only happens when I'm alone. When I'm alone, I think I go a little mad. Sometimes I say to my husband, do you know, I believe I'm supremely intelligent. He says, how vain you are. But it isn't vanity, it's an intelligence you get when you're dead. Sometimes while he's reading his newspaper, I say, like to be an archangel as I am? He answers me, you're a child. My brothers never say such things. We can describe to each other how it feels to be an archangel. Then when we are finished with that mood, my brothers say, let's pass to a new form of exercise. I am a descendant of Joan of Arc, only I have no role to play. I have nothing to say. Der Tanz poetisch. Et quoi d'autre Comme une 
communauté des radios publiques de langue française présente la première de la RTBF la première de la radio suisse romande en synthèse et elle avait de l'amour C'est Serge Gainsbourg depuis quand Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg, euh, question très délicate. Vous êtes... Euh, et vous dites je t'aime, moi non plus. Serge Gainsbourg, moi non plus. Ah oui, parce que par pudeur, moi non plus. C'est définitif. Absolument, c'est sans appel. J'ai lu dans les gazettes que c'est une chose qui peut aller très loin. Serge Gainsbourg. Qu'est-ce que vous racontez Qu'est-ce que ça veut dire Bon, d'accord, vous n'êtes pas... Je suis d'accord, je suis une putain, mais je suis pas une... Je suis une putain de luxe. Mais... C'est votre côté... Je fais pas des passes à 5000. À combien 50. C'est un peu... Oh bah oui, mais je vous dis ça. Ça se passe comment bah, Ça se passe... Très bien. L'érotisme vous poursuit. C'est ça. C'est chez vous que ça se passe. Je sais pas, je sais plus. C'est pas une réponse. C'est très complexe. Il faut une heure de discussion. Explique. Ça, ça c'est une réponse. Ça, c'est une réponse. Serge Gainbourg, vous vivez. Euh, J'ai dit Gainbourg, je crois. Il faudrait peut-être dire Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg, aussi paradoxal que cela puisse paraître, j'ai l'impression de former un très beau couple. Serge Gainsbourg, est-ce que je me trompe Bah oui. Serge Gainsbourg ou Serge Gainsbourg Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg Serge... Oui. Non, non, je vous laisse parler. Serge Gainsbourg ou Serge Gainsbourg Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg. Est-ce que je me trompe Serge Gainsbourg ou Serge Gainsbourg Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg Serge... Oui. Non, non, je vous laisse parler. Serge Gainsbourg ou Serge Gainsbourg Serge Gainsbourg. Serge Gainsbourg. Est-ce que je me trompe Oui. Dans ma supérette, les rouleaux s'alignent. Ils ressemblent à de puissantes et durables batteries comme des bobines de douceur. J'ose à peine approcher, pourtant, je vais m'emparer d'un paquet de cylindres parfaits sur les étagères, sur fond de Richard Klederman. J'en ai pour quelques jours, je tiendrai, mais je devrai de nouveau consommer, brûler. Je ne prends jamais de papier parfumé. Chimiquement, ce n'est pas indiqué. Un matin, je traçais dans la demi-lumière d'une banlieue. J'ai dû m'arrêter. J'ai lâché derrière un buisson sur le bord, trois maxi étrons. Je n'avais pas oublié de prendre mon rouleau. Je me suis torché, suis reparti, puis le lendemain, fasciné, suis revenu. Même produit terminal, la merde n'est pas terminale. J'ai soulevé un nuage de gauche. L'important, c'est la date de péremption. Je ne souffre pas d'occlusion. Et attends le jour où nous ne chirons plus. Le jour promis de la négantropie. Pour l'instant, il faut que j'aille encore et encore, près des étagères de rouleaux, contempler la promesse rose, blanche, mauve et à fleur. Je reste de longues minutes sans bouger et les gens me regardent. Ils croient que j'hésite entre telle et telle marque, que je fais des supputations sur les prix, mon budget. Je n'ai plus un rond, c'est vrai. Mais je ne suis qu'à 150 mètres de mon chiotte. 
J'ai fait le choix de mon paquet, je me réserve de bonnes heures de goudronneuse domestique. C'est juste qu'hypnotiser, j'anticipais. Maintenant, il faut aussi que je pense à reprendre des céréales. C'est pas faux, c'est navrant, ça m'attriste, c'est marrant Je médite ces infos, mais redites, dites, dites Trop petite, dites, dites Elle grandit dans des cantines, une clé autour du cou Pas de sonner les matines, elle est grande en point, c'est tout Elle rêve, rêve, rêve D'une brève, trêve, trêve Mérédite la nympho, se fait troncher par une foule C'est marrant, c'est pas faux, se fait belle comme une poule Elle est belle, belle, belle Besoin d'elle, d'elle, d'elle Dans les clubs, elle déboule De là-bas, vent découle Ses belles roules, elle est saoule Elle roucoule sous la boule Fait du zèle, zèle, zèle Boule ses ailes, zèle, zèle Mérédite sur le bar Accueille les fêtards Ses cuisses se séparent Se file, se séparent Confesse, fesse, fesse Qu'on la laisse, laisse, laisse Elle distribue des cœurs Ne regarde pas les corps Elle dissimule les peurs Peu importe le décor Mérédite, dite, dite Où t'habites, vite, vite Une reine de nuit Embellie par l'alcool Elle rêve de lui D'y poser son bémol Donc elle danse, danse, danse Danse, danse Elle perle du front Une goutte sur chaque son Des mecs l'affrontent Des doutes entre les seins Elle gueule, gueule, gueule T'es pas seul, seul, seul Elle rêve des champs De l'herbe, du vent Elle vomit son métro Et ses pots d'échappement Mérédite rentre vite Quand tu pites, pites, pites Un pied sur une chaise, de l'air sur le visage Un corps en terre glaise, elle regarde des images Mérédite, dites, dites Tu nous quittes, quittes, quittes Elle plonge du cinquième, un sourire aux lèvres Elle éponge au centième, la vie et ses merveilles Mérédite Tu m'évites Civilization Radio and Humorous Grease. This is La Danza Poetica number 34 and Delirious Analysis.
idées en silex, des convictions en bois, amour et sexe sans électricité, des discussions sans voix, du sang sur les parois de nos grottes. Tout le monde aimera tout le monde dans le plus grand des silences. Mais vu que notre capacité de mémoire sera réduite à un demi-giga, nous oublierons très très vite le sens de tout ça. J'ai un super pouvoir, je slalom entre les saisons du songe J'écris mon cœur sur des buvards Et puis je vends mes illusions pour qu'on en fabrique des mensonges J'éponge, j'éponge, j'éponge Breakfast. She thought it came from the prince, 
and again she took a taxi. And this time she rang his bell and paid him a visit. The next day she received a picture of Baz Bazakur and Rukmati riding together by moonlight. She thought the prince could not articulate his dreams, but that he could dream. She paid him another visit. I sent her a print of Radha waiting for her lover Krishna. That evening they had supper together and in accordance with the customs of his country, after they had eaten together they threw all the dishes out of the window. The fourth day I sent her a lover's message in a Persian garden filled with feather flowers. The fifth day I sent her the prince and princess riding through a mountainous region, a servant bearing a torch. Before I exhausted my collection of Persian prints, Jeanne had discovered that Prince Marat could not dream at all, and again her face fell listlessly like a stemless plant. In the garden one afternoon, Paul fell asleep, and as the sun was setting, it projected the outline of his face on the back of the chair. Jeanne came up and kissed this shadow. Among shadows, she was at ease. The enormous house stood behind them with a thousand eyes looking down at them. Jeanne walked into the house and entered the room of mirrors. Ceilings of mirrors, floors of mirrors, windows of quicksilver opening on windows of quicksilver. The air was made of gelatine. Around her hair there was a saffron aureole and her skin was a seashell, an eggshell. There was a lunar wax light on the rim of her shoulder. Woman in prison in the stillness of mirrors washed only by jellied colors. On her breast grew flowers of dust and no wind came from the earth to disturb them. Flowers of dust hung serenely. Around her waist, a crinoline without its cover of lace and satin. A round crinoline like a birdcage. On her throat, a brooch without stones, with its little silver hooks clutching emptiness. The fan in her hand was laceless and featherless, open and bare like winter branches. She breathed on the mirror. The dew of her breath on the mirror vanished. The mirror held nothing. She closed her eyes so many times, a tunnel of eyes closing, countless sulfurous profiles touching each other, accompanied by a rim of light. Countless women smiling, four women walking towards four women walking towards four women vanishing. She looked into the mirror until the dew of her anxiety clouded her face. She wanted to be where she could not see herself. She wanted to be where everything did not happen twice. She walked, following the deep caverns of diminishing light. She touched ice and was bruised. To watch, she must pause. And so what she caught was never the truth. The woman panting, dancing, weeping. It was only the woman who paused. The mirror was always one breath too late to catch the breathing. Quickly, more quickly she turned to catch the face of her soul. But even when she moved at dream speed, she saw the face of the actress, the small curtain closing inside of the pupil. She wanted to smash the mirror and be one. There was a joy of unveiling from which no human joy could call one back. There was joy without feet or voice or warmth. But the mirror revealed only the prime. If she could not catch the ultimate flame of life, could she detect death? She bowed nearer to catch the immobility, the death. But the caverns within the pupil of the eye diminish and close at the sight of death. The eye dead could not see the eye dead in the mirror. At death, all mirrors are covered to bury reflections. Death never permitted an echo. Death cannot be made visible. 
or cast the shadow of its presence. She watched her sorrow. She looked at the tears. The sorrow unveiled and reflected before her ceased to be her own. It was the sorrow of another, with a space between them. She looked at the tears and they froze and died. She ran out into the somnambulistic garden. Her father was still asleep, like one enchanted. The glass bell which separated them from the world was visible in the light. Would John see it? Would she smash it and be free? She did not see it. She kissed the shadow of her father. He awakened. She said, let me touch something warm. Save me from reflections. The mirror frightened me. But her hand was lying on the shadow of her brother and not on him. And then she said, I am afraid that of the three of us I will be the first one to die. I am delighted. I saw in the mirror not my death, but the image of myself in the tomb. I was wearing a brooch without a stone, a crinoline with all its silk covering, eaten away. Her guitar was lying at her feet. As she said this, the string broke.
Reaching the end of our meditation this hour on La Danza Poetica, I'll leave you with the sounds of Poesique, a piece by Fabrice Coffey, resonating from the dizzying heights of the rooftops of our world. Next month, we'll return to our regular programming with an hour of new work and honoured ghost poets, exploring the world of dance and the dance of poetry. Until the next time, pace e bene, from Lapcat. Tu sais, j'étais un homme sans vocation, et pire, sans motivation. Toutes mes journées avaient un lieu commun. Le réveil alors sonnait mon éveil incertain. Pourtant, je voyais l'avenir et prévoyais de doux plaisirs. De faire de cet enfer la terre un paradis, comme quand il nous l'a offert. Mais si faible, si faible et si bas. Ce monde est ce que tu en fais et chacun, chaque chose a sa place. Un flot de poésie pour un monde trop pathétique. Pour construire ma technique, j'ai dû traverser l'Atlantique. Dans beaucoup de continents, je constate donc la panique. Un flot de beaux nouveaux j'étale pour tous les amnésiques. De simples mots sur bit, <rire> création magnifique. Tu vois, il se place là où il y a de la place et ça se fait sans hic. Cette union dévoile tout voile maléfique. Car l'union de mes mots dans vos cerveaux, boum, est atomique. Je vous souhaite la bienvenue dans un monde magique. Parfois les mots seront durs, mais il n'y aura rien de tragique. Beaucoup de diversité, il n'y a qu'un tout unique. Trouve ton identité, ancien nouveau, je suis poésique. Je vous souhaite la bienvenue dans un monde magique. Parfois les mots seront durs, mais bon, oui, il n'y aura rien de tragique. Beaucoup de diversité, il n'y a qu'un tout unique. Trouve ton identité, ancien nouveau, je suis poésique. Alors j'ai dû me, me démonter. Tout rejeter afin de me renouveler. Mon but, n'être personne. Le rêve prend forme. La poésie, la poésie demeure rebelle. Mon âme à moi, pardonnez-moi, ne faites que d'elle. Je crois en l'unité, la diversité de toutes nos pratiques. Pas d'ombre sans lumière, de son sans silence, un tout unique. Pour le voyage, je le ferai poésique. J'écris la poésie, mais bon, Guillaume et autres feront la musique. Je vous souhaite la bienvenue dans un monde magique. Parfois les mots sont durs, mais bon, il n'y aura rien de tragique. Beaucoup de diversité, il n'y a qu'un tout unique. Identité, ancien nouveau, je suis poésique. Je vous souhaite la bienvenue dans un monde magique. Parfois les mots sont durs, mais bon, il n'y aura rien de tragique. Beaucoup de diversité, il n'y a qu'un tout unique. Trouve ton identité, ancien nouveau. Je de mots, ni vilain ni beau. 